welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in the Middle, TTT, Tragedy to Triumph Transformation. This is all about taking the information that we have and applying it to you and your life so that you can be buffaloes, not cowards. We want to keep it raw, real, and uncut. This is for men to improve their relationships and increasing their spiritual values. I'm Ryan Smith, and I'm the host, and I'm with Bunker Weimer. And we will, today is um, kind of the second uh, part of Masculinity Defined. Last podcast, we talked about what is a man and went into different aspects of defining manhood. And uh, so uh, today is, is about defining masculinity even deeper. And this is important because this is the information to help you get what you want as a male, you know, being in charge and, and, and having a vision and, and making it happen. And I often talk to my, my boys in residential treatment and I said, the difference between a boy and a man is not like an age necessarily, or even a status. It's someone that can set goals and achieve them. That is what it means to be a man. They can set goals and they know how to achieve them. And so that's what this is about, so that you can set goals and take this, take your life and be in control of your life. So this also means in terms of dating and in marriage, to be more persuasive and irresistible to your lover. And this podcast is really all about making you a better man. And for you female viewers out there, this is helping you get into the male psyche and so that you can speak mat manese or mat matinese or something and the language of the male and be more persuasive as a female. Um, of course, we the, the this podcast has three purposes. The first is that we can take the information that we have and be helpful to you and then take you to the next level to really apply these skills. And so that we, so we encourage you to, to check, check us out and, and have more one-on-one -on -one coaching. The second is to really be helpful and improve your life. And, and then the third is, is if we really are helpful, we believe this, the second or the first uh, priority will be taken care of is that you'll want to take this to the next level and, and be a better man and better in your relationships. Uh, Bunker, any any parts on that before we, we get into the to this topic? I think you covered it well. You know, I just from our off the camera conversations, I think ultimately we both have the same desires to help people, and regardless of who you are, that is what we intend to do our best at doing. Yes. So wonderful, Bunker. Thank you for being here. So today we're I'm I'm taking a risk here and trying to define the difference between the alpha male and the beta male mentality. And so just let's define this up front. So let's start off by saying what alpha is not. Being alpha is not wearing the most expensive clothes, bullying, being a bully, or even being the most popular. Uh, alpha mentality that we're talking about is an attitude, a mentality, a way of seeing yourself, a confidence, and a way that you interact with others. If it's not consistent, then it's hard to be convincing. Um, Bunker, when you think of alpha or beta male, um, what, what comes up for you? Uh, the thoughts that I had align a lot with what you just said. When I think of, of an alpha male, if to use that verbiage, is someone who is 
kind of confident in themselves that they have an understanding of who they are and where they're going and they're okay with receiving recognition for that or not right their, their need for the approval of the outside world is not it's very limited or it's not there whereas i feel like with the beta it's usually there is a lot of emphasis on need of receiving that outside source of affirmation and so like the, the, a lot of the single guys that i work with if they're falling into that beta category they're usually I use the word groveling. They just like beg for attention from anybody, right? Or they want to make sure that what they've decided is good. And instead of just going and doing it, they will check with everybody. And so I, I always say that they're making a decision based off of committee, not individual, because they get their whole group together and they have to get the opinion of everyone. And then maybe they'll do it. Where alpha, I feel like is very much, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to go do it and see what happens. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I, the reason why this is risky is that usually the people that are going to talk in terms of oh he's he's beta male i don't want to be his friend <laughs> or or he's alpha i want to be friends with him or something like that like that lingo is beta in and of itself if you're kind of categorizing people like that just you might be guilty of being the beta male already so <laughs> i don't know where that puts us but I, I i think it's important to uh understand this at a deeper level and i think what you're really talking about bunker is this self-validation key is that the alpha mentality is they're going to do what they want regardless when people are rejecting or accepting their their vision and where they're going where the beta they're that what did you say community they're they're going to get voted well, making by. a making a decision uh based off of committee committee, committee right. members together and so they're going to be very much what, what is popular opinion and they're going to be super tapped into others and trying to like be scheming and trying to think what what would other people do that would be the most helpful and it's it's a it's kind of like it's a passive maybe passive aggressive if that basically they're not making a decision what what do i want and how do i go for it they're going to be basing their decision their truth their self-worth based on how other people esteem them or whatever the 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 feedback is from others that that will influence how they think or feel but the beta is like a rock and it's going to, it's, it's firm and it's, it's no, it knows where it's going to go. Uh, that, so that, I think that's, is that what you're saying? That, that's what I heard from you. No, I think that's a great summary. Um, but just to take this even deeper, when we're talking about beta and alpha uh, mentality, the, the root of this comes from waves, like wave frequency. There's delta wave frequency theta and this i'm going to say it in order the slowest maybe if i speak like it i'll be delta is very slow theta is a little bit faster alpha is even faster beta is even faster and gamma waves uh frequencies are going to be super 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 fast and there's even more but those are what we're talking about here and so alpha beta i don't mean i don't know if i can speak maybe specifically on the, the whole historicity of alpha beta but i do know that it can that one of the meanings of alpha and beta it comes from waves and so um so that's important to understand and so a beta frequency is gonna it has a higher frequency and in terms of personality maybe the in like i think that we can shift from de delta to gamma day to day and even probably in this podcast um we hope that maybe by the time you're you started with us and by the end you leave on a higher frequency but what we're talking about here is a different mentality, but, and so a personality type, not an energy type, but a personality frequency 
in beta is going to be more sporadic, ungrounded, not stable. And it's going to be an overuse of energy and consciousness. It's not in control. That's going to be a beta mentality. And it's, it's, it's really influenced by others where theta, much lower, is a calm energy. Think of someone meditating or just about to fall asleep. That's a theta energy. Uh, but alpha is in between that theta and, and beta. And its balance is in assertiveness. It's not too aggressive, like, but it's not too passive. It's stimulated, confident, unshaken, focused, relaxed, but ready to take action. And so it's this balance between, and we talked about this last week in the yin and the yang. There's masculine energy and feminine energy, and true masculinity will incorporate both the yin and the yang into their personality and be perfect or appropriate for any situation. Sometimes it's important to be uh, more masculine and, and headstrong, and other times it's better to be more passive and go with the flow. And, and so an alpha mentality has good use of their feminine energy. They'll be in flow with others. They're not going to be overly aggressive. Uh, they're going to be smooth, gentle, dominant, uh, but not or yet not controlling. So this is a lot going here, but this type of alpha mentality that's in balance is attractive to everybody, including children, because they're not intimidated by this. They, they know how to calm it down when needed. Women and even other men. So basically everybody. But how you talk to men and how you talk to women is are, are different energies. And the true alpha is going to be in balance of their yin and yang energy, as we discussed in the last podcast with what is a man. Um, so uh, I guess in closing with, with this kind of thought here is that the real alpha does not pretend to be masculine or fit some ideal um, or compensate for their insecurities. They don't need to have a beard and have the truck it, to fit some sort of label of how other people think about them. If they have a beard or have a truck, that's because that's what they want rather than what they're trying to impress others. Um, and ultimately, kind of we talked a little bit about the podcast, like beard, Fords and, and beards and stuff. But like, if you get a truck, to me, a, a truck is like a symbol of getting work done. And if you're just driving it around to show off, then that's beta. But if you're getting a truck to help people and be the man, to help people out, pull them out of a ditch or move their piano, like that's being the man and that's why you would want a truck. So it's like the intentionality behind the outward expression of things. Um, so they are comfortable in their own skin and unshaken in, all, in any situation, especially the bad. <clears throat> you can really tell the alpha when things get bad, when things get stressful. The beta, they go, they go crazy. Ah! They, they, they start complaining. They start going into fight or flight. But the alpha, when things get stressful, they're calm and they have a vision. And they say, okay, what's the situation? They take a breath and then they, they act in a very decisive way that will be create workable solutions. And um, they're going to be willing to be vulnerable about their insecurities and build connection with others. And so it's not about necessarily always having things in like in control or having everything figured out. It's actually quite the opposite. A true alpha will admit mistakes um, and you know repent or you know you know 
be humble about when things are when it's time to be humble and be vulnerable about their insecurities if that's a, appropriate to the situation. Um, so, Bunker, any thoughts on that? I just thought it was really important that you what you just said that they're going to be vulnerable about their insecurities and that they're willing to build connection with others. Oftentimes, when we think of the alpha, I don't think that's a common attribute or characteristics associated with the alpha, but it is important because we're in this interesting, you call it the post-secularism state, right? Where we have all these different changes going on in our world. And one of them is the conversation of the masculine and feminine and what does it mean to be a man? And there's a lot of pushback on how men of past generations haven't been able to express their feelings. Maybe they haven't been taught how to do so. Maybe they've been told to not express at all. That that's not what a man does. And sometimes when we're combating uh, something that we don't like, we swing hard to the other side, like a pendulum. And we say, all we want to do is just talk about our feelings and don't do any of the other stuff now. But you did such a good job, I feel like, of explaining how all of these things go into becoming and being a man. It's not just one or the other, and it's on both sides of the pendulum. So that really did a good job illustrating what that looks like for me. Yeah, because uh, I think we, when we talk about, and this is kind of why it's risky, is like, what does it really mean to be alpha? And you, the, 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 the image that comes up for me is like the guy that's always in control. And I think... I think it's even like stereotyped what James uh, Bond, right. 007 license to kill. He is the manly man, the men of men. And it's like, he's got everything figured out. Everything's easy. And he's just able to woo women, kill and ride expensive sports cars. <laughs> and uh, that that's the stereotype. And I think there's parts of that that are true to the, to the alpha mentality that we're talking about. And there's probably different aspects of it. And I don't, don't, don't be misled that this is like an exhaustive thing of all the definitions of alpha, but the one that we're talking about today is being confident in your own skin and, and really, I think being attractive and irresistible in your relationships. And you, and if you can't be vulnerable, then you're not going to build that connection. And I want to talk about that. There is something I've, Really, this very, how do I say it? Uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about this. I'm going to be vulnerable right now. <laughs> I don't know all of this, but something that I just kind of thought is there's different personality types. They say the alpha, sigma, beta, delta, gamma, and omega personality types. That's not what we're talking about here today. And I don't know about that, so I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> but um, I think it's what we're really talking about I think it could be summed up in your story bunker of being the buffalo and not the coward. And just because I like it so much, could you say the story again, bunker? No, absolutely. And hope I can give it some context. But basically, buffalo. Well, let's start with cows. If there are a field of cows, a whole whole herd, and a storm is coming, the cows will make their way away from the storm. So they will run away from the storm. Buffalo do the opposite. If they're on a field and the storm comes, they run towards the storm. And the reason being is as they run towards or into the storm and the storm's moving the other way, it creates less time for them to be in the storm. So it minimizes the damage or the suffering that they experience. And cows, they're just kicking the can down the road. They're postponing or lengthening their time within the storm or the hardship. And that's, that is what I want you as the listener. I'm speaking to you. Yes, you. That when hardship comes, you identify it and you say, okay, this is a problem. This is an insecurity. This is bringing my insecurities up. This is a hot problem. I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. And opposed to being a victim about it and complaining and trying to just get out of it like a coward or a cow, you're going to think, take it on like a buffalo and say, 
what do I need to do to solve this? How can we mitigate the risk and get out of this and, and maybe even see the storm as an opportunity? And I don't know if you're, what was it? Uh, Benjamin Franklin, like during the storm, like he got out his, his uh, kite and with a key on it to, to test electricity, you know, I want you to be like the Benjamin Franklin, like, oh, the storm is an opportunity to test, do an experiment on electricity or something to that, that type of mentality. Um, and I, if I could, I want, I want to share a little bit more and I have a, a handout that if you're just listening to this, then sorry, you can't see it, but if you check this out on the, our Facebook live group, um, you can see this, uh, handout and this, I think really puts together the um journey of life and the storm of life and i don't have the words buffalo or coward on this but i think this really does follow this and so i'm going to break that down even more here so there are four phases of trauma and how this relates to you and your outlook on life um so if you're thinking you're if you're thinking that you are the buffalo heads and head and tackle things head on Hopefully this brings some clarity because you may not be as Buffalo as you may think. <laughs> so the first picture here is a, as a skull and it has trauma and, and this could be abuse or this could be a stressful situation, something you've never dealt with before. And it's going to be something that is beyond your capability to handle it. That's ultimately what crisis is. Anything beyond your capability to handle it. So for some people, crisis is very different than other people's definition of crisis. If you talk to a soldier, you know, and we, we see those like war movies, right? And like, like the alpha leader, like the enemy's coming and like, everyone's like, ah, like the civilians are like running in a frenzy and they have like all this beta energy. It's all chaotic. But the true soldier, when the enemy comes, they're prepared. They're not rattled by it. And it's not beyond their capability to handle. And so they're calm under that type of pressure. But going to all of us, we, we, we get traumatized. We have something beyond our capability to handle. And I think just raising children that <laughs> I don't think there's any parent that's like, oh yeah, it's always easy for me. I always have it handled. And maybe they do say that like your first child is maybe going to create more crisis, more trauma than maybe veteran parents with like four, four or five kids or more. But uh, anyway, I think, okay, enough on that. So um, the next phase is the victim phase. And in, in terms of abuse, it's where you are treated less than a human. And the reason why it was abuse is you felt out of control, helpless, and it, it um, triggered your fight, flight, freeze, fawn response that created fear for you. And in terms of like a relationship, your heart was broken in that abuse. And um, this is you know, where the post-traumatic stress disorder comes out, the PTSD. And if you stay in that state, then it's not good. And you're, you're broken, you're a victim, you don't have power. And you, and it's linked to the trauma. You're making those decisions because the past was so painful and you, you're trying to avoid it. The next phase, and I say phases because I really believe that people ch change and they, they transition, sometimes even go back. And ultimately when you get triggered, you go back to that trauma 
place. The next one is linked to the trauma, and that's the survivor place. And this is where you're becoming, where before in the victim place, you tried to become, you felt like you were less than human. Now you're becoming superhuman. You're trying to become more than human. And opposed to feeling out of control, you're trying to take control. Opposed to feeling helpless, you say, I'm, you create this rule, I'm going to trust nobody, no one. I'm going to take the control in my own hands. And then opposed to uh, flight and fawn, you're, as a survivor, you're going to fight and, or either numb yourself. And emotionally, you know, so you don't get hurt and it makes sense. You're trying to avoid the pain. So you numb yourself, you fight. And that's maybe why people go into addictions and they just don't want to feel the pain anymore. And their response to fear is they say, I rely on me. And they create a lot of walls around their broken heart not to get hurt again. But the problem with this, if you stay in here, it is, it becomes a personality disorder. And then you become the victimizer because your walls are so strong not to get hurt yourself. You begin to bulldoze other people around and hurt them. And the very thing that hurt you, you start projecting on others. And the problem with that, not only do you hurt other people, but it's a lonely place. You have so many walls, nobody can get to you. You're never vulnerable. And you never, you don't ever feel true lasting love. Nobody can really care for you because your tactics, your antics, antics, what are that? Your, the things that you do with other people antics. are antics. Thank you. Yeah. Your antics are out of fear and you, you fear people into submission. And for example, Think of a slave uh, relationship. Um, you know, Bunker, if, uh, if you're a slave owner and I am your slave, like I, and, you, and especially like, let's say you're using fear, like Ryan, you do this or off with your head, <laughs> right? Like you can, you have, therefore you, it, when you've used that fear uh, technique, then you have forfeited your ability to get true love from me. Yeah. Because if, if, if I submit to you and I, I don't know, dig your ditch for you or whatever you're wanting me to do, I didn't do it out of love. I did it out of fear and therefore it was manipulated. And therefore I can't truly give anything of my own volition. I can't volunteer. Love has to be by definition voluntary. And so if you're going to use fear, even if I maybe wanted to, let's say, dig your ditch for you, but you said, I'm going to cut your head off if you don't, and then I do it, the, the love is, I, I can't do it uh, for, for you in that way. And so there's so many walls. And so that person that is using fear uh, techniques, antics, um, mm -hmm. will, uh, they cannot feel love. And so it's very lonely. And the problem is, is people just get more and more in that vicious cycle, you know, thinking of maybe Nazi Germany, uh, Adolf Hitler, like just fear was the, the motivator. And therefore you just create so many walls. You can never create true love. Uh, so the last phase of this is to become not the victim to your abuse, not the survivor and definitely not the victimizer, but the thriver and the thriver detaches themselves from the trauma, from the abuse, from the stress and the opposed to being less than human or more than human, they try to be equal to human. 
and you can't be anything more or less than what you are. And so you're just comfortable with who you are and where you're at, which is faulty. You have to be human. As a thriver, you're going to be human. And you recognize that you cannot be anything better than authentic. And this is the alpha mentality that we're talking about, is being a thriver. And you turn your weaknesses into strengths. And that's why you're going to be vulnerable. Because if you never identify where you're bad at, you can never grow with it. But when you can say, hey, I, I messed up, but let's work on it. Let's, let's look, here's the storm, it's coming. Let's hit it head on. That's alpha. And I like the, the quote that's coming up for me is Michael Jordan. Uh, he's like, I've missed 10,000 uh, basketballs in my career. 46 times I was trusted with the ball in the last minute to make the game-winning shot, and I missed. And I've had all these other failures, but that is what makes me a winner. Uh, maybe you could help, uh, help me out with that quote. No, I think you got it pretty close. I mean, I don't know the exact one either. I can look it up, but... I think that I just had something to share with that. that please, I was please. Interested yeah, in. please do. So I had the opportunity to play college football at, at Stone College. And we had a sports psychologist come and speak to us once a week. And I don't remember everything he shared, but one of the things that he did share was he used Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, two of the most probably successful athletes um, that we know of in history. And he said that us as human beings, nine out of every 10 thoughts we have on average for an average person, nine out of 10 thoughts are negative. But for Tom Brady and for Michael Jordan, they went and studied them. And for them, it was only eight out of 10 thoughts were negative. They had one more positive thought per 10 thoughts, and it's made all the difference in their career. And so kind of summing up like what we've been talking about, like being a Buffalo, being an alpha, like leaning into the pain and the hurt. I think that's something that they probably do as well, right? Instead of just focusing on the good things that they did and saying, man, I missed all these shots. I, I made all these bad throws. My teammates didn't do these things. It's focusing on those things that they can control, right? And they're leaning into it saying, okay, here's a little spot where I could be better. I'm gonna go practice this 10,000 times. And sometimes that's how our life is, right? Like we have insufficiencies and how to navigate life. It's interesting to me. I've always thought about this. It's kind of funny, but to anything we want to do, like school-wise, education, work, there's certifications, there's tons of classes to be taken. It's continuing education. But when it comes to having relationships, there's no qualifications. There's no certifications, oftentimes no education, right? Oh. And I think the world shows that a little bit. Like we're a representation of the best that we're doing. And sometimes we're not doing that great. And we, as, as men and, and women as well, but hopefully the people listening can say, you know what, I'm going to take control a little bit more, try to be a Buffalo and identify maybe a couple things and lean into them really hard, run into head first and figure out what you can do. And I, don't, I don't know if that adequately describes what you're trying to say, but I feel like that somewhat summed up and added to what you were saying. Wow. You, you said so much. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a bad habit of just a, yeah, connecting uh, too many dots. <laughs> it was a lot there. Um, but Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, the difference is that they, their percentage of positivity over negativity is still is only still only eight out of 10, but the average person is nine out of 10 negative yeah. thoughts. And so that different percentage, although very small, makes that big difference. Right. And I think you said something else that another point Help me out with it. Uh, I was just talking about like being a Buffalo leaning into the hurt and pain that we have. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, that goes on with, with the quote. I found that this is the Michael Jordan quote. I'm going to say this Michael Jordan voice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. 
And that is why I succeeded. Succeeded. Um, he's, uh, and I think to me, what I get from this quote is a recognition of his flaws and embracing that and saying, okay, I'm not very good at whatever and really just honing in on that. And uh, so I, I think that that's uh, just so important just to tackle the, see your problem and tackle it head on. I'm poor, I'm fat, I'm bad at relationships. I frequently argue, I'm dependent on others. Say it like it is. <laughs> and, but then doing something about it. And most people are not willing to say, look, I don't have the body I want and I'm fed up with that. I want this type of body. I want this type of lifestyle. What do I need to do about it? What kind of bank account do I need to get? Do something about it. That's alpha. And it's taking the storm. And um, I, I think there's so much on this topic, but um, you may be asking yourself, the listener, yes, you, am I alpha? Am I a victimizer? Am I too masculine, too feminine, too much yin or not enough yang? And so I want to take the, what we've talked about and apply this to you and your journey. So Bunker, how can you develop an alpha mentality, you know, to head life straight on in your life? How, how have you done that in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as you were talking just barely about alpha, I was thinking about beta, right? Like what's the alpha not? And maybe that's the best way I could describe it is I think being the beta is being apathetic. Hmm. Apathy, meaning where you don't move anywhere. You're not really heading in a direction. You're very sedentary. Um, I think it's becoming more and more common, sometimes because of fear, sometimes because we don't know. But for me, I think trying to fit a more alpha mindset or an alpha frame, I've done my best to just to be a doer, even though I don't know most of the time what I'm going to do. Uh, a kind of a motto for me recently has been kind of just to show up. So I've realized like a lot of people who um, I work with, I'm in the construction industry. And so a lot of jobs and things don't happen solely because the people who are contracted don't show up. And it can be a huge frustration. And I think a lot of the kids that I work with too, their grades are bad because they didn't go to class. They didn't even turn in the assignment. Maybe they never looked at it. Maybe their relationship's failing because they bailed on the date too many times, or they don't answer the phone call with mom and dad or whatever it is, they don't show up. And even though we don't always know once we answer the phone, what we're going to talk about, or maybe we don't know how the date's going to go, or maybe we don't know how we're going to do the, the job in the construction world. We have to show up physically, like be, be in that spot to just give us a chance. And I think if we want to continue with the sport example of like Michael Jordan, he had to take the shot, you know, like, I think he has another quote that says you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm, you're right. Right. And I, I guess that would be my answer is just do my best to be a doer, even though I don't know. Yeah. And I think my, my, to add on to that, which was a great thought is, is showing up is whatever you're doing, do it the best you can. And what's that? There's a story of the British cyclist team. Like I think for the tour de France, and they were the laughing stock of the competitive world because they had been over a hundred years since they've got a gold or got, got a medal in that. And they, I think they like consistently like placed last or just didn't do very well. And they were not considered competitive. And then I think a, a new coach came in and said, what, we got to win. We got to do better. And their strategy was, do you know what, do you know what it was, Bunker? I don't remember. 
I've heard the oh, story. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it, it's sure. famous. I just someone just brought it up this week, so it's on uh, top of mind for me. Oh. Um, uh, it was a general conference talk. Uh, so, uh, if there, there's some general conference trivia here, but it uh, what they did is they just got one percent better at everything that they were doing. They they took better care of their bikes, made sure they were clean. They got up earlier. They made sure they were eating better. I don't know all the things that they did, but anything that they could do, they tried to improve upon it. And I really tried to take that in my life. Like, and I love that principle, like nine out of 10 of my thoughts are negative, but one if I could be eight out of 10. And so I really try to be more positive. I'm pretty good at complaining and being negative about others. And I justify it by saying, oh, I'm trying to understand problems and tackle the world and see the, the storm of life. And, I, and it, but it quickly becomes just complaining. And, uh, and so I've, I've really tried to fast with negative and not, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all, unless there's like a clear objective why you need to point out a weakness. So that's been an example. Um, and for you that may be thinking, oh, I'm too feminine. I'm too passive in my energy. My advice to you is go to a football game, join a sport, <laughs> go somewhere where you can just yell and just scream it and use you know a stronger energy that you, is requires stronger energy um and so put yourselves in that place that makes you uncomfortable in that way and then the opposite is also true if you feel like you have too much masculine uh energy and you're you're quickly you're too impulsive and you're uh killing relationships before they have a chance to get started um maybe yelling too much something like that then do something that's also uncomfortable Go do yoga. Go. What about here? Like football players, they all do ballerina or like ballet. At ballet. Meditation and Pilates. Right. Because yoga. And why is that? Creates balance, an actual physical balance, right? You become a more balanced athlete. But I think there's a mental component as well, because especially football, it's, it's controlled chaos, right? It's loud. It's aggression. It's violent. Every movement's explosive. But that's not how yoga is. <laughs> yoga is calm and control, and you're you're feeling you're you're inside, right? Everything going on. So it's very opposite. Yeah. And I, I specifically, I like to think, and I think deeply, and I'm usually someone that if you ask me a question, I chew on it for a while. And, uh, I, I think, I think deeply about things and relationships specifically, mm -hmm. uh, which I think makes me a great therapist, but that is a double-edged sword because I'm not quick witted. And, you know, you know, if we, we play like poker, like quick, like card games, I'm horrible at those and just those like witty games. And so I've done something that has really puts me out of my comfort each week. I've been taking an impromptu Broadway class at Provo, oh, Utah, cool. and it's all on the spot. It's all about being witty and I am so uncomfortable, but I think it has created balance and I know it's improved my relationships and I'll probably talk about that more. But the point that I want to say right now is that it's taken me out of my element and I've, it's made me humble. It's, I'm, I recognize I'm the worst person in my class. <laughs> and it's, and my, my teacher gives me all sorts of passes that she shouldn't, uh, but I think she just gets embarrassed whenever I get off. So uh, I don't know. I probably should talk to her and say, don't go easy on me. But um, I just have three other things as far as what to do. And it's going to be super surface. And But I hope when you, when you call me and we can work on this more one-on-one, -on -one, we can dive a lot deeper. But I think it's so important in order to be alpha, remember we talked about at the beginning, is that you're gonna have a vision for your life and you're not gonna be passive to the 
the community or the influence of others, you're going to say, this is what I'm going for, and this is how I'm going to do it and go for it. And then when other people try to deter you, it may inform you, but it doesn't destroy you. And you got to really know what you're going for. And there's so much to that. So, but I think all alphas, they have a vision, they know where they're going and they're not deterred when times get tough or when the naysayers come out. And I think it also has a willingness to fail and be wrong. For me, this is like out of all the quotes that I have of Michael Jordan, this is the one that I know most of them. And he says, I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. And that's like just willingness to admit vulnerability and weakness. And I think on that point, and the last point is extreme ownership. And I just finished the book by Jocko Willinks and about leader, leadership. And he even interesting, as he finishes his book, he says, this book has a flaw. And when you're thinking extreme is taken to an extreme, right? It's taken too far. And, mo and some of my readers are people that have misunderstood leadership. And they believe like the military is just like domineering and do what I say, drop and give me 20 push until I get tired type of mentality. And that's not good leadership. It is a balanced leadership. And he even said that. And I, I thought that was interesting that his title may be misinterpreted and there may be a weakness in his title. And he even said that. So I thought that was very vulnerable of him. Um, any other thoughts until, and then let's, let's uh, wrap it up with the questions from our viewers. Um, the only thing that, that sparked my uh, thought process, not the only thing, but the one thing I wanted to comment on was when you just brought up Jocko, I recently heard a quote from him where he said, discipline is freedom. And that was just one other thing to sum up all the things that we've talked about is we really want to focus on application and being doers. And that requires a lot of discipline and discipline can be very hard. Um, discipline equals freedom, meaning the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you'll have to do the things that you want and the more money you will make, the better your relationships will be. And those are things that we'll talk about later on. But I thought that was one thing that I should share that would help sum up things as well. But I say we get into the questions. Yeah, wonderful. With that discipline equals freedom, that goes back full circle to, you know, being a true man. The difference between a man and a boy is the men know how to set goals and how to achieve them. Right. And how to achieve them cannot happen without discipline. And so discipline equals freedom, meaning you're going to work your butt off to get what you want in life. And freedom you know my when we maybe go into finances we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper into this but if you're american <laughs> I, I don't I'm, I'm not i'm not any other culture but if you are american you should be striving for financial freedom in your life and uh we'll maybe talk about that later but um it, but in order to get that freedom you got to pay the price and it takes discipline so yes i love that thank you for full circle how we started is how we ended <laughs> So this one, comes from Shannon. She said, thank you, Bunker and Ryan. My boyfriend is weak with other women and me, but not other men. Why is that? And how can he improve? Anything I could tell him? Bunker, you want to start that one? Sure. I don't know if I have the right answer. I'd love to meet your boyfriend a little bit more. But I thought a story came to mind recently. I had this conversation with a good friend of mine. He's dating a new, his new girlfriend. And her main complaint is that he is too submissive and docile. Like he never shares his opinion and she'll always ask what he wants to do. And she, he's just kind of like, well, whatever you want to do. And I think you touched on it earlier in the podcast when you said being a man is being that, having that self-confidence and knowing where you are and where you're going. I would say that he's struggling with vision. If 
things are kind of happening to him. He's not happening to life. It's easier to happen to life when you know what you want to happen. And so that would be my thoughts, but I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, I think that's an important part. And I'm, I don't know if I have the thing, but I'm going to hopefully speak, think on the spot with this. But what's really coming up for me is that if he is weak with women and not men, maybe what I'm hearing is that he is very masculine with men and maybe domineering and, and strong with them uh -oh. and with females he's more feminine in his feminine energy and i would argue i just based on this question i have very little information i'm going on that's why yeah if we can take this further but my maybe just off the cuff biased shannon is that he is out of balance and he goes to either one extreme or the other he's either too masculine with men thinking that that's how he he needs to interact with them and then overly passive with women. And I yeah. think because you said this, I think what you're really asking Shannon is how can my man take more control? It feels like you are more in control and have to be more masculine in the relationship and you don't like that. And it's creating an imbalance in the relationship. And so I, why is that? Um, I think it's, it's that he has not gone to that fourth phase that we talked about today to that thriver phase. He's still in the survivor mentality and he's trying to be superhuman. He's too strong with men and too weak with females. And um, so he needs to really get to the root problem and that his insecurities that are driving that behavior. And so what he needs to do is he needs to heal those wounds and those limiting beliefs that uh, tell him that he's not enough and that he has to compensate. And so I would encourage him to find a coach um, and to just really drill down on his beliefs that he has with himself and why he has to compensate in relationships that he can't go with the flow and be appropriate. That's a great answer. That makes a lot of sense. I hope that helps Shannon. Yes. Um, Bunker, can you see the second question from Shad? Would you read that? Yeah, absolutely. Let me... <clears throat> Okay, Shad said or asked, I really appreciate your focus and energy. My question is, I do not know how to stand up to my father. He disagrees with my career choice to be a police officer. Although I told him I'm still going forward with, forward with it, it's, it still hurts me to disappoint him. Any thoughts? What do you think? Yeah, I'll tackle this first. Um, first of all, I just think that we are biologically wired to get approval from our caretaker. There's just something in our wiring that we basically need approval from our parents and from our spouse and probably even from our children. I, I don't know so much, but I definitely know that that's true with our parents. There's something, even when we know our parents are wrong, we just do not want to disappoint them. And we do not like, there's just, it just, it, it's a death of us. It really, it kills us to disappoint our parents. And some people have killed themselves much earlier in life and they were able to dis. uh, differentiate that's a counseling word differentiate themselves from their parent or caretaker earlier in life and um but i i think you know shad it still hurts and to disappoint him and i just think that i think i would just say be kind to yourself shad like i think that that's going to be that's natural and if you've heard me before i'm a big taker on self-validation and even when the naysayers come up be okay that you're not okay. But uh, I think it might maybe be impossible to totally be okay that your dad isn't 
totally loving that, but I think just be okay that you're not okay. <laughs> I think just be kind to yourself. That's my, my take on it. Uh, Bunker, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, I just had one thought of something that I've heard before. So I'm kind of just reiterating it. I didn't come up with this. I wish I would have, but I think it was Jordan Peterson that he shared a little bit about fathers and sons and how he said for a man to become a boy, the father must die. And I thought that was interesting because what he's saying is Freud first came along and said that a man to become a boy, father must die. And then Carl Jung came along later and said that that death is a symbolic death. And he goes on to explain a little bit about how it's just a separation of identities. We're so wrapped up with the people around us, the people that we love and care about, and our parents are the people we come from. But as hard as it is, there's a separation that we create of, I'm a boy, I'm going out into the world to do my own things. And as much as I want the support of the people around me, regardless if I get it or not, I'm going to do it. And I think at a certain point, there's only things that you have control over. So speaking to Shad, at a certain point, your relationship between you and your father is definitely half yours, but he has to meet you half of the way. And if he's not happy with it, even after all the things that you've done, I think kind of what Ryan said, like you have to be happy with not being happy, but have to find some contentment and just the situation at hand. And that's my two cents. I think you can't always win out everything, but, and then, you know, besides just for you and just maybe recognizing that might be hard, Shad, uh, I think it might be really helpful to have a conversation with your dad and, and say, dad, look, I know you don't like my decision to be a police officer. Why is that? Why, what's the problem with that? And I bet, and if you can keep asking questions, you're going to get his vulnerabilities. And he probably has some sort of rule that he has why that would be inappropriate for him. And I don't know, maybe it could be that he had a bad experience with cops and he hates cops. It could be he thinks it's too dangerous and he wants a more conservative place. And, you know, and he just really loves you and he thinks that that's a death sentence. I don't know, but I would, I think it would be really helpful. And the thing is, is it's you also, by doing this, by asking those questions, like, why dad, do you not want that? And keep on asking, like, even though you think you got the answer and you got the surface answer, ask it again and ask why again, why, 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 like seven times and just make him like really think why, you know, if he says, oh, because it's not a good career. Why, why is it not a good career? Well, it doesn't make a lot of money. Why is not making a lot of money a bad thing? Um, and then just keep on, and then just whatever he says and say, why, 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 why? Just keep on doing it and then really get the heart of it. And when you can get that place and really pin him to what unconscious beliefs or conscious or unconscious, but hopefully you get to the unconscious, it will create some love. And you might really see, he might like break down and say, you know, I, I just would hate to lose you. You know, and by you joining the police corps, I think that that, you might die and I would hate, I couldn't bear living without you. Oh, that makes sense why you're so disapproving of that decision. So really ask the question and I bet you at the bottom of it is going to be love and there will be empathy. And when that happens, he might actually let go of his original belief. And that's the magic of it. And that's why working with me, I teach you how to ask those types of questions because that's not an, an innate skill, but I, I gave you the game plan. But uh, if you can ask that and he finds that it's really about because he loves you, and the police corps is just a symbol of you dying early or something, then that clarity creates a place where he might be more open to being excited about your career path. And you can then say, I'm really excited about being a police officer because A, B, and C reasons. And, and then he might be proud of you. So I think you could, if you ask those questions, you might actually be able to persuade him and, and build the relationship at the same time. Kill two birds with one stone. 
uh, let, let's end what, with, with this last question with Bobo. I like that name. Uh, I cannot seem to lose weight. And it's not a physical problem, but more of motivation. Thank you. Exclamation point. Hmm. Uh, I was Bobo. <laughs> so, Bunker, what, what, what's the question here? Can you identify the question? Yeah, it sounds like to me that they're physically capable of working out or doing whatever they need to do to lose weight. It's more the motivation behind it. And I think that kind of gets in what we did. We talked about just barely about discipline. Because, I mean, personally, I feel like motivation comes and goes. I'm not the, the expert therapist, though, but just from my own experience, it, motivation's not always there, but it's that idea of I have to be consistent with my diet or whatever I'm going to do. Uh, just a personal example, I remember I was in high school and I wanted to take my athletics more seriously. And so I, I, the gym I went to had a nutritionist and I met with them. And it was a huge change of my lifestyle, right? The things that I ate and drank and different things. And they just preached water. Well, that was it. And I wasn't a huge consumer of other things, but I remember I loved orange juice a lot and different. Yeah, there you go. You got your water. It's being disciplined. But I just had to make the conscientious decision that no matter what, and I think I heard a thing that said, if you do something consistently for 30 days, it becomes a habit. And I don't even think about it now. Like I won't drink other stuff besides water because water just makes me feel good. My body functions better on it. So it kind of went from a struggle to, or a weakness to a strength, if you will. But that's kind of how I interpreted Bobo's question. So Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think motivation. I think um, it's a lot more complicated than maybe you want to believe. It's not, I, and I think this is maybe the misdemeanor, or not the misdemeanor, the misconception of motivation is that it's willpower. I don't think motivation or discipline is a matter of like just masculine, masculine energy. I believe it's actually more of a feminine energy to be more disciplined. They take both. At the kind of the end of the day, it probably is the masculine energy just to get out of bed and do it. But especially like losing weight. Um, I, my, I haven't met you, Bobo, so everything depends on people. But just as a general thought, you might be in denial with yourself. And there is, you have two competing goals. And ultimately, gaining weight is more important than losing weight, if that's true for you. You know, whatever behavior, if you're, if you're gaining more weight or you're not losing it, gaining that weight is somehow more important to you than losing weight. Now, I'm not saying you don't want to, but there is, um, there's, there's a purpose that it serves and we'd have to dive in deeper, but we would have to look at why maybe you really get a high. You just really love going out in and out burgers, man. And like, and <laughs> you, you, right. That, that's my new favorite restaurant. I love in and out burgers, but like there is a, a, a stronger maybe reason to to eat than to take control of your eating. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying this. Let me just say an example. I am now on my second day of fasting. I have not eaten anything yesterday or today, and my stomach hurts right now. I want to eat, <laughs> but my willpower, what I'm fasting for, both for physical reasons and professional reasons, my business, I'm I'm really wanting that. And I think that that is helping me get that, those goals. And so my desire to eat is less than my desire to accomplish these other goals in my life. And I'm trying to be me smart, be like really nail this on the head for you, Bobo. But there, there is a, what I'm trying to say 
is that there is a purpose in you gaining weight or keeping your weight and it serves a purpose and um and you're holding on to something i think that there, there's something there that needs to be discovered and i think you need to really take inventory when you eat and why you eat and the meaning you place to eating and uh and not just maybe eating but everything that would the things you know what you should do and why you're not doing those things you really need to ask those why questions why do i do this why do i do this why do i do this and at the bottom of it you'll find that there's pro my guess is that there are some insecurities that you are not you're being a coward you're being you're running from your problems rather than going to it and which not just calling you out bobo we all do this i do this but it's time to be the buffalo and head on to the storm um and on that i have my last quote for my favorite quote by rocky balboa uh and uh sylvester sylvester Stallone, right um but anything you wanted to say before I, I give that quote, Bunker? No, I think that was perfect. All right. So here's my best Rocky impression. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It'll beat you to your knees and keep you permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody's going to hit harder than life. But it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning's done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you, you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. Don't forget to talk to your mother. <laughs> so I just think life is going to be hard, but you just got to keep on moving forward, showing up, you know, doing that 1%. Uh, we hope this is, has been helpful. I know this has helped me recharging and refocusing my energy. Thank you. Thank you, Bunker, for being oh, thank here. Thank you for having me. Thoughts, gems, pearls of wisdom. These are the keys to the kingdom, and we want to help you do that. So thank you for joining us, tuning in, for more information and for working with me and Bunker. Uh, check us out, tttransformation.com. That's three two T's and then spelling out transformation, tttransformation.com. And we'll be back with you next week. Peace.